I want you to open up with me to Genesis chapter 29, beginning at verse 16. Genesis 29, beginning at verse 16. I believe we have a real blessed word today. Genesis chapter 29, verse 16. The word of God says, Now Laban had two daughters. The older daughter was named Leah. The younger one was Rachel. There was no sparkle in Leah's eyes. But Rachel had a beautiful figure and a lovely face. Poor Leah. Since Jacob was in love with Rachel, he told her father, I'll work for you for seven years if you give me Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife. Agreed, Laban replied. I'd rather give her to you than to anyone else. Stay and work with me. So Jacob worked seven years to pay for Rachel. But his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him but a few days. Finally, the time came for him to marry her. I have fulfilled my agreement, Jacob said to Laban. Now give me my wife so I can sleep with her. It's a weird way to talk to your father-in-law, but yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> anyway, so Laban invited everyone in the neighborhood and prepared a wedding feast. But that night when it was dark, notice that part, it was dark, Laban took Leah to Jacob and he slept with her. Laban had given Leah a servant to Zephyr as her name. When Jacob woke up in the morning, it was Leah. What have you done to me, Jacob? Raged at Laban. I worked seven years for Rachel. Why have you tricked me? It's not our custom here to marry off the younger daughter ahead of the firstborn, Laban replied. But wait until the bridal week is over. Then we will give you Rachel to provide you promise to work another seven years for me. To work another seven years. But I'll give you my daughter. And Jacob agreed to work seven more years. And a week after Jacob had married Leah, Laban gave him Rachel too. Let's pray. Father, bless this word. I pray that it applies to our lives and that you would use him to speak your word. All of us here today will need to hear this. I believe it with all my heart. So give us the ears to hear and the heart to understand. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. As we get into this word today, I titled this message today, It Just Got Ugly. It Just Got Ugly. Ugly. And how many of you could say that sometimes in your lives things just get ugly? Amen. And I don't know about you, but some of you might be in an ugly situation right now, and things are might be looking ugly for you. And I was reading this passage this week. I realized things got really ugly for Jacob. Literally, see, Jacob. The Bible says he met Rachel first. And Jacob was a man that God said, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to use you, 
You're going to multiply and be a great nation. God made this promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So when Jacob saw Rachel, the Bible even says that her face was beautiful and she had a nice figure. And when the Bible says you had a nice figure, you know you had a nice figure and a beautiful face. In fact, when Jacob met Rachel, the first thing he did was cry because of how beautiful she was. I'm sure all the guys were like, man, keep it together, be cool. But he was like, she's just so beautiful. And she just cried and cried because he loved Rachel. And here's a side note, they were cousins, so they kept it in the family. That was weird too. But anyway, Jacob loved Rachel to the point that he goes to his father-in-law and says, I will work seven years for you if you promise me to have Rachel as my wife. And Laban, his father-in-law, would agree and say, okay, you work for me seven years and I will give you my daughter. But here's the thing. Jacob made this promise of seven years because the word, the number seven is significant in the Bible. The word seven in the Bible literally means completion and it's also a promise. The word seven in the Hebrew is the word Sheba. It literally means a promise. So the way that it worked was the reason that Jacob said, I will work for you for seven years is because he was trying for Laban to make him a promise and an agreement and a, go and a covenant that you will give me your daughter. That's why he said, I will work for you for seven as a promise that you give me your daughter. But the Bible says that it felt like days because he knew that someday after seven years, Rachel was going to be his wife. So can you imagine with me, church, that Jacob, he is just so obsessed and in love with Rachel that he has some type of calendar in my mind and he's checking off the days so he can finally be with Rachel as her husband and he's checking off the days and every day he gets up to go to work. He doesn't care that it's early. He doesn't care that it's not paying anything. He doesn't care how hard he has to work, the overtime he has to put in because he knows that after seven years, I'm going to be with the woman of my dreams. So he's going off to work with a happy step. Everyone in the construction site like, man, what's wrong with you? Oh boys, you don't know what's waiting for me after seven Seven years, I had the best looking wife in the future. She's so amazing. She's great. I can't wait. He's checking off the calendar. He's saying only 2,555 more days till I get Rachel as my wife. Only 61,300 hours, and that woman is mine. And every day of his life, he knows a promise is going to happen. So he's working, and he's working, and he's working because he's focused. Now listen, he is focused on the promise. In fact, the name Rachel literally means pure and beautiful lamb. And it's interesting because in the Bible, a lamb was always a picture of sacrifice for love. When you look at Jesus and on the cross and loved you so much that he died on the cross for you, the Bible says he is the lamb to take away the sins of the world. See, Rachel represents love. 
and sacrifice. Rachel represents beauty. So Jacob is able to handle the hard work. He's able to handle the tough job. He's able to wait because he is waiting for the beautiful promise. But it takes work and it takes sacrifice. See, here's my point for all of us today. Jacob's life was difficult. Jacob's life was hard. But Jacob would sacrifice. And the Bible says it seemed like days. In other words, he never lost joy. He never lost his happiness. He always had a good attitude in those seven years. In those seven years, he did not complain. In those seven years, he did not say, I can't believe Laban's doing this to me. He is making me work this stupid job. We're supposed to be family. He's supposed to treat me better than this. I can't believe him. He hasn't, he doesn't have an attitude. He's not complaining. He's not bitter. He's not even moping around. The Bible says it seemed like days. He worked with enthusiasm. He worked with joy. He worked with passion because he was focused on the promise to come. That was Rachel. You see, Jacob teaches us a powerful lesson. Your life may be hard right now. It may not be what you wanted. It may not be easy for you. You may be stuck in a job you don't like. You may be in a season where parenting is hard. It might be a job. It might be a family position. It, it might be a friendship. It might be a ministry. But there are moments in life you would agree with me. And you're saying, Pastor, it is just hard. It is difficult. It's not easy. But see, Jacob taught me what I hope he teaches you this morning. That when you don't focus on what the now looks like, when you don't focus on what someone else did, when you don't focus on the hardship, but your eyes are on the goal, your eyes are on the promise, your eyes are in tomorrow, knowing it's not always going to be this way, and things are going to change, and my Rachel is coming, and the promises are going to happen. It may seem like years to you, but in your heart it feels like days, because your mindset determines how you feel and how determined you are. And if your mindset in life is how difficult things are, how impossible it is, how unfair life is, and it's always hard and it's never easy, and my life sucks and my life is terrible and all these people are terrible and I hate my life and this job is too hard and I never get what I want and it's never easy for me and you mope around and you have an attitude and you complain, See, Jacob was different. Jacob said, I'm focused on the promise. See, this is what Paul said in the book of Philippians, chapter 3.13. He says this to a church. He says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, notice what he does. 
forgetting what is behind me. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what's ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Notice what Paul says in this passage as Christians. We have to forget what's behind you. In other words, there are things in your life you need to leave behind. There are certain people that hurt you that they should be behind you by now. There are certain circumstances that happen that should be behind you. There are certain people you should have forgiven that should have been behind you. And you can never get to the things and the promises of God which are ahead if all you're focused on is what is behind. It is over. Move forward. God has more in Jesus' name. And Paul says to this church, move forward. Move on. Leave what's behind. And press on towards the goal. In other words, he's saying, run this race that was marked for you. You see, when you were running a race in that time, in that culture, you weren't looking at the people next to you. You weren't looking at the people ahead of you. You weren't looking at the people behind you. You were only looking and focused on the finish line, the goal. That's what Jacob did. Jacob was able to work seven years of a difficult, unfair, tiring job because he was focused on the prize. He was focused on the goal. He was focused on the finish line. He wasn't looking at the now. He wasn't looking at what the, he had nothing to do with. He wasn't looking at what he didn't have. He was looking at Rachel, the future promise. You see, we live in a society that want things now. Wouldn't you agree, church? You want things now. We want things now. We become a Christian and we think God's going to use me now. We get a job and we say, I need my promotion now. I need the house now. I need the promise now. I need the car now. I need the health now. I need the fitness now. I need more money now. I want to be married now. I want the kids now. And you're saying, Lord, I want it now. We live in a now society. And we have lost the value of hard work. We have lost the value of sacrifice. We have lost the value of patience. Because we think that everything that God has for us, He has it for us right now. But like Jacob, there are seasons we have to work hard, we have to sacrifice, and we have to wait for the promises made by the Father. We have a heavenly Father that has a blessing in store for you. He has a will for your life. He has a plan. He has a purpose. But all of those purposes and plans and blessings He has for your life are not always going to be right now. They're not always going to be in an instant. There are things you have to wait for. There are things you have to work for. There are things you have to sacrifice for. But the problem is when God doesn't do it now, 
when God doesn't answer my prayer now, when God doesn't open the door now, when God doesn't make it happen now, it must be a mistake. It might not be his will. I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to give up. But let Jacob put us into a position where we understand how God works. God may have a promise for you, but not all promises are now. Some promises are wait. Some promises are not now. Some promises is you have to work for it. You have to earn it. You have to sacrifice for it. But see, Jacob, that waiting process seemed like days because it was a joy to know what was coming. You see, the reason that we as Christians should not live our lives complaining, impatient, struggling, it's just hard, oh, I can't stand this, it's because we're taught as believers to look at what's coming, what's happening next, what God has in store. We want the promises of God, but we want it now. It's interesting that the promise Jacob had was Rachel. Rachel was beautiful. He wanted his little lamb right now. I find interesting how so many people want the beautiful things of God now. We want the beautiful life now. See, when I look at the previous generation, my parents' generation, they got married with nothing. They got married with no money. But they made it work. They sacrificed. They stayed together. They worked through it. Because they knew it wasn't always going to be that way. But when I sit down and counsel young people today for premarital counseling, I am astonished how many young people today say, I don't want to get married until I'm established, have my career, have my house, until we have X amount of money in the bank, until I get everything, all my bucket list checked off. And I want the beautiful life now. And we're not willing to realize that every beautiful thing like Rachel takes work. It takes time. You may want a beautiful marriage right now. But every beautiful marriage you see takes work. It takes patience. It takes sacrifice. You see, Jacob was willing to wait and work and sacrifice because he knew Rachel was worth it. Man, listen to me. You have to look at your wife like she's worth it. So you put up with her. Be patient. Work. Remember who you were before you met her and you met her and were dating her? The work you put in to get her? That doesn't change. Marriage takes work and sacrifice. You put your needs last over hers. You put her and him first. You spent time together. You talk, you communicate, you sacrifice, you work and work and work. You say, well, I want beautiful kids. I want to raise godly, beautiful children. But even that takes time. 
Even that takes sacrifice. Even that takes patience. You have to make sure you watch what they're watching. You have to spend time with them. You have to communicate with them. You have to teach them the Word of God. You have to drag them to the church. You have to make sure you know who their friends are. You have to make sure you just completely wash away whatever garbage they're learning in school. You have to be attentive to your children, making sure and protecting them so as they grow up, you raise the beautiful children because like Jacob, you worked for it, you sacrificed for it, you were patient for it. We all want a beautiful church. But it takes commitment. It takes sacrifice from all of us here. It takes time. It takes patience. But see, like Jacob, if we're all willing to say the promise is worth the sacrifice, the promise is worth the wait, the promise is worth the work, why wouldn't you wait? Why wouldn't you work? Why wouldn't you sacrifice for the Rachels that God has for your life, for the beautiful promises he has in store for you? You want a beautiful life. You want a beautiful relationship with God. That takes work and sacrifice. You have to get up earlier. You have to pray. You have to study the word. You have to come on Wednesday night Bible studies. You have to come to church on Sundays. You have to ask the questions. You have to take the discipleship classes. You have to listen to the Christian podcast. You have to listen to the sermons, read the books. You have to spend time and time and time in the word of God in order to see the promise fulfilled and the beauty of it. Everything in your life you want to see beautiful, like Rachel, takes work. It takes time. It takes patience. It's not always easy. It wasn't easy for Jacob to see his own family members say, you need to work for it. And then it gets interesting. Jacob finally reaches the day. Seven years. He gets up that morning. Runs to the calendar. Sees an X that says, Rachel. He runs to Laban's house. He bangs at his door and says, like, I, I imagine like a, like a sexy caveman. He says, where's my woman? And Jacob looks at Laban and says, where's my wife? I've earned it. I worked for it. I waited for it. I was patient, and I did what you asked me to do. Where is she? Jacob said, all right, give her to me now. Laban says, all right, we'll throw the wedding tonight. Laban throws the best party ever. It's a beautiful wedding. The wedding lasts a week. Jacob is laughing. He's all smiles. He's like, man, it was worth the wait. It was worth the work. It was worth the time. I can't believe, baby, it seemed like seven years was days for you. Girl, I waited for you. I love you so much. He's all excited at the wedding. And then comes the best part. The honeymoon. But did you notice the Bible said it was dark? 
You see, be careful who you meet in the dark. Some of you, listen, some of you, I don't know, I grew up, I was blessed to grow up in a Christian home, but some of you weren't. And some of you know the people you met at the dark. That person with all the strobes in the club, you're like, oh, he's fine. But then you wake up the next day and you're like, who are you? When the fog fades, reality hits. So Jacob, he goes to bed thinking it was Rachel. He wakes up all happy, all smiles. He turns over. And it's Leah, the ugly one. Hi, Jacob. Leah? Hi, husband. Have you ever woken up and said, what happened last night? Thank you, Nancy. Have you ever woken up and said, what was I thinking? Things got ugly. Literally. He wakes up to the ugly sister. The name Rachel means beautiful. Ram, she's bad. She's bad. Sorry about that. <laughs> the name Leah has two translations in Hebrew. It means tired and cow. He thought he was in bed with a lamb. Woke up to a cow. Everyone. Come on. He woke up to a cow. There's a point to all. You work hard for the and sacrifice for the promises of God. What do you do when it feels like life just turned on you? When you, like Jacob, you put so much time and work and sacrifice into something, into someone, into a dream but it's not what you expect. What do you do when it's not what you wanted? And you work and you sacrifice and you wait and you're patient and you're doing it right and it feels like God just did a switch on you and what you thought was going to be beautiful, what you thought was Rachel was actually Leah. What you thought was the lamb was actually the cow. And what you thought was going to be beautiful actually ended up turning ugly on you. And I don't know about you, but I know in my own life, there are seasons where it seems like everything just turns ugly. What do you do? Well, you do naturally what Jacob did in verse 25. The Bible says that when Jacob woke up that morning, and it was Leah. Notice, he went to Laban. He said, what have you done to me? Jacob replied to Laban, I worked seven years for Rachel. 
Why have you tricked me? Notice the question he asked Laban. What have you done? It implies that Laban made a mistake. That maybe Laban was confused. Maybe he did something wrong. Isn't it interesting, church, that when life doesn't turn out the way you thought it should, when life gets harder and it turns ugly and it's not what you expected, we ask the same question to our Father, our God, and we say, Lord, what are you doing? What have you done? And it almost feels like God has made a mistake in your life. Imagine when you get a cancer report from a doctor and you say, God, this can't be. This might be wrong. I think you made a mistake. Imagine if you lose a child and you say, God, this has to be wrong. I don't deserve to have a lost child. Imagine you lose your job. You get sick. You get hurt. You get betrayed. And you say, God, I think you've done something wrong. I think there's a mistake here. That's the anger that Jacob had toward Laban. And if we're honest enough, it's the same anger we sometimes get with God. Why have you done this? Why have you hurt me this way? Why are you treating me like this? You see, because sometimes in life, it won't turn out the way you thought. Sometimes in life, things actually get unexpectedly ugly. Sometimes it's ministry. See, in ministry, I thought it was going to be beautiful. I thought ministry was Rachel. You know what I thought when I was young and dumb? I said, I'm just going to preach and the church is going to grow. And everyone's going to love it. Everyone's going to love me. Everyone's going to love Forward. And Forward is going to be the best church that ever existed. That was my Rachel mentality. I woke up to Leah. I'm not saying you're ugly. I'm saying ministry is ugly. And I got shocked when there were people that didn't like me. Can you believe that? People didn't like me. I was shocked when people talked bad about our church. I was even more shocked when people left. I was shocked when people that I helped and worked and helped out and sacrificed for, they turning up and, and they were gone. And I couldn't believe the rejection. I couldn't believe the heartlessness of people. I couldn't believe how hard and ugly ministry was. Because sometimes you want Rachel, but you get Leah instead. It could be a job that you prayed for, that you wanted, that you worked for, but you got Leah instead. It could be marriage itself. You thought you knew who you were marrying. You thought you were marrying Rachel, but your wife or husband turns into a Leah. And you asked yourself, who did I marry? It could be raising children. When they're young and cute, they're like Rachel. They're beautiful and sweet, like innocent as a lamb. And when they're teenagers, they have a cow. And they're angry all the time, and they're questioning you all the time, and they're they're fussy all the time. You see, life has a way of turning on you. And it's not always what you expect. And it's interesting because when 
Jacob woke up to Leah even though he wanted Rachel. You have to understand something about God. God is not forced to meet our wants. God is obligated to meet our needs. The Bible says, I will meet your needs according to my riches. He doesn't say I will meet your wants. Rachel might be beautiful. She might be sexy. She might be everything Jacob wants, but it's not who he needs. And ironically enough, the very sister he did not want is the woman he needed. And I wonder how many of you, can I preach right now? How many of you are wasting your years on people that God never told you to be with? You're wasting your time because you want it. Well, I want him. I want her. I want this job. I want this. I want to live here. I want that house. I want this car. I want, I want, I want. So I'm going to work. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to give it my all. And you're only going to be disappointed like Jacob. Because the woman he really needed was Leah. You see, sometimes in life, it doesn't work out the way you want it. And Jacob has a choice to make. See, because in the Hebrew culture, marriage was a, a covenant agreement. It was an agreement between a father-in-law and the groom's parents. And oftentimes you would give your daughter away for a piece of land, for money, for status, position. But see, if something happened after the wedding, week, that you felt like the agreement was broken, or even if the woman wasn't a virgin, that husband had every right to go back to the father-in-law and return her. That's why Jacob's first reaction when he wakes up to Leah is go to the father-in-law, because I believe with all my heart that he was walking angry, going to Laban, because he was done. He wanted nothing to do with Leah. He was ready to quit. He was ready to give up. See, he had a choice to make. Just because it's not what I wanted, just because it's not fair, just because it's difficult. I never asked her, Leah. I never wanted Leah. See, Leah represents the things in your life that are ugly that you never asked for, the things in your life that are ugly that you never expected, the things in your life that are ugly that seem unfair. And Jacob has a choice to make. Am I going to just give up now? Am I just going to return Leah and give up on her because it's not what I wanted? It's not fair. It's difficult. Or am I going to stay committed and true? Am I going to make this work? And I'm going to stay her husband. See, that's the choice we have to make when life gets difficult, when life is unfair, when life is not what you expected. You can quit. You can give up. You can say, God, is not what I wanted. I'm done. I'm out. Or you can remain true. You can remain faithful to your promise and say, I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to work it through because I know that something good is going to come out of this. And Jacob, now listen, Jacob is willing to work another seven years for Rachel. So see, Jacob taught me something here. 
Don't quit. Because it's ugly. How many need to hear that today? Don't quit. Because it's not what you wanted. Don't quit. Don't walk away. Don't just give up. Because it's not what you expected. Because God has a purpose. Even for the situations in your life you did not want. God has a purpose for the situations in your life you think are unfair. God has a purpose and a plan even for the ugly things in your life you feel have no purpose. You see, it's easy to serve God when it's Rachel, amen? Man, the Bible says that when Jacob worked for Rachel, for the beautiful, it was like day. It's easy to go to church when life is beautiful. It's easy to serve God when life is beautiful. It's easy to live a life of joy and peace and go to work and be happy when everything in your life is Rachel, when everything is beautiful. But I'm here to talk to the people this morning that woke up with Leah that are in an ugly situation, a situation that did not want, a situation that did not expect. See, you're going to have to make a choice. Am I here to serve God only when life is good and beautiful? Or am I going to stay committed and true and work and believe that God is using this ugly situation for a mighty purpose, and that purpose is greater than mine. Yeah, give God praise today. You have to come to a place like Jacob. He doesn't say, listen, I'm going to return Leah, but just give me Rachel. And I work seven more years. Jacob does something interesting that blew my mind and convicted me. He said, I want Rachel and I'll keep Leah. You see, Jacob shows me that we have to take the good with the bad, the beautiful with the ugly. You can't just serve God when things are beautiful. You have to be willing to serve God when things are ugly. You can't just believe in God when things are like Rachel and beautiful and sweet. You have to believe in God when you feel like you've been given a cow, you've been given a rejection, you've been given and God has made a mistake. You have to be willing to take the good and the bad. The problem is with our church today, as many people want to serve God until it gets bad. Many people want to serve God until it gets ugly. Many people want to stay committed to God if God blesses them and God makes life easy for them and God does everything right. But see, when life turns on you and you face unexpected circumstances that are not to your liking, not to your wanting, what do you do then? I love what Job says in chapter 2, verse 10 of Job. Job was a man that had a beautiful life like Rachel. He had beautiful kids, he had a beautiful job, he had beautiful income, a beautiful marriage with a beautiful house. Everything was beautiful until the devil wreaked havoc on his life. And unexpectedly, everything turned on him, like Jacob. In the matter of moments, he lost his business, he lost his own children, he got sick. 
and he couldn't understand why God was doing it. See, when life turns on you, you tend to ask God why. It's unfair. But Jacob relates to all of us. If you have marital problems, you can understand Joel because his own wife said, why don't you curse God and die? If your own wife wishes you were dead, you know you have problems in your marriage. Amen? His own children died. And then the doctor says, I'm sorry, Joel, we don't know why you got this, but you're terminally ill, and he got sick. And when his wife said, why don't you die already? Why don't you curse God? Why don't you give up already on God? God has rejected you. God is mad at you. If God really was with you, Job, he would not have done this. And look at what Job says to his wife. Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only what? Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in this, Job said nothing wrong. See, Job understood what a lot of us need to understand about God. We serve Him in the good times and in the bad. Job is a reminder to us that you have Rachel and you have Leah. You have beautiful days and you have ugly ones. You have days that everything goes your way just like you wanted and you have days and seasons when nothing goes right and it's unexpected. You cannot only accept God when life is good. You accept God when life is even bad. Are you getting this this morning? So Jacob says, I'll take Leah and I'll take Rachel. And Jacob worked another seven. Let's do the math. So seven plus seven is 14. Seven is a number of promise. The number 14 is a double of seven. The number 14 in the Bible, it represents a double portion of God's blessing. What's interesting about the number 14, the number 14 represents the blessings you never expected. It's when God goes above and beyond what you deserve. When God goes above and beyond His promises. When God does more than He than you're able to even expect. So I want to ask you this trick question tonight. How many of you want a double blessing in your life? Do you want to see God surpass your expectations of Himself? Do you want to see God do more than you ask? Do you want to see God do more, assumingly, abundantly more than we ever think, imagine, even ask, according to Ephesians 3.20? One person, all right, I'm going to preach to you then. God did this for a purpose. God says, not only am I going to make the promise, number seven, I'm going to give you more than you asked for, number 14, a double portion. I'm going to go beyond Jacob, your blessing. I'm going to go far and beyond what you ever imagined. And when I pray, I pray this. I say, Lord, I want to see you do more than I'm not even asking for. But here's a catch. You guys ready? All right. I don't think you're going to like it today, Nancy. All right. 
God says, I'm going to give you a double portion more. But I'm going to do it through Leah. Not Ruth. When God told Jacob, I'm going to multiply your descendants, God might, I mean, Jacob would have thought, oh, that means to be Rachel, right? But he said, no. I'm going to multiply your descendants through Leah. Here's the catch. You want God to bless you with more than you ask? You want to live a number 14 type life, a double portion of the promise? You have to be willing to be faithful when God gives you a leader. When God does things that are ugly. When God does things in your life that are unfair. See, you're going to see the hand of God. Not in the beautiful times in your life. You're going to see the hand of God in the ugly ones. You're going to see God work in ugly situations. You're going to see God work when life is unfair. And God says, I'm going to bless you through Leah. I'm going to bless you through that person you don't even want. That person you don't even love. That person you try to return. You see, God says, I'm going to bless you in situations you're not even wanting right now. Who knows? Right now, if I can just preach some truth. There might be some situations in your life you don't want. But that's the situation that God's actually going to use to bless you. So like Jacob, you have to be willing to have Rachel and Lee, the beautiful and the other. And Jacob was willing to work and sacrifice with Leah for Rachel. See, my prayer today, church, is that we don't just love God when things are Rachel, when things are beautiful. But when God hands you a Leah and things are ugly and not what you expected and definitely not what you wanted, I pray that you have a faith that says, Lord, I don't want it, but I trust you. Lord, I don't understand it, but I'll believe in you. Lord, it is unfair, but I know you work miracles. And it is through Leah, the unwanted, that God will bless and bring forth his promise. So I wonder today how many ugly situations you're in. And here's an interesting truth about this. So we're going to talk about this family for the next few weeks. It's amazing how he wanted Rachel, but needed Leah. And you know, Rachel was not that good. So she was beautiful on the outside. But she was ugly on the inside. Rachel was a pagan idol worshiper. In fact, when she left with Jacob away from her father already to start her home and her new life, she stole idol pagan gods. And when her father confronted her about it to see where someone stole my gods, 
and she had him hidden under her dress or whatever you want to call it, her robe under the, under the camel, saddle the camel. She lied and said, oh, get up, let me check you, let me search you. He, she said, no, forgive me, it's that time of the month. It's a true story. She lied. And when she couldn't bear children, she would blame Jacob and manipulate him. So what do we have? We have a hot girl. Men, listen to me. She's hot. She's beautiful. But she's an ungodly, pagan, manipulative liar. Leah, outside, not attractive. But God said, I'm going to use her. You know what I want to preach to someone today? I'm not, it's not even in my notes. But you are wasting your years on things that only externally look good. And the very thing God has for your life may not be that attractive to you, but it will bless you more. It will bless you more. And if you're single, look safe. Trust me. Looks fade. You got to look at the spiritual aspect of the person. And God said the situation. You don't like Jacob and Leah. I'm going to use to actually bring forth my promise. It may be ugly. But I'm going to use it. And God had a purpose. You see, through Leah. She would give birth to a son named Judah. And through Judah and his lineage would come King David. And through King David were given the promise of Jesus Christ. Not Rachel, but Leah. Through Leah would come Jesus Christ. That's why when life turns ugly, do not discredit God. When life is unfair and you thought you were getting a racial, but you got a Leah instead, stay faithful because God works in all things for his glory. And Jacob wanted Rachel, but what he needed was Leah. So I don't know. What situation has turned on you? What season in your life you're in that's ugly? But I pray you've learned today that even with God, you have to take Rachel and Leah, the good and the bad, the beautiful and the ugly. But when life gets ugly on you, you never know. That might be the very situation you want gone you want to be done with, might be the very situation God uses to bless you double. Don't ever discredit God when life turns ugly. You all received this this morning? Let's all stand to our feet. I want to pray today, this morning. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Some of you here this morning, you wanted Rachel. 
but it turned to Leah. And you have a Leah in your life right now. And Leah represents things in your life that you never asked for. Things that are ugly. And like Jacob, you get angry and you question God and you say, what are you doing? This is not what I want. This is not what I asked for. But God says that He works all things for good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So I want you to take your Leah, whatever it is. It might be a cancer in your body, a job you don't like, a person that you can't stand, a situation you can't get out of. Instead of fighting it, Instead of saying, God, it's unfair. God, I don't want this. You need to start praying and saying, Lord, I know there's a promise in here somewhere. And through this situation, I know there's a double portion waiting for me. And you're not allowing this to punish me. You're not allowing this to destroy me. But you are using this to bring forth a blessing that I can't even see or understand right now. And when life is beautiful, you praise God, but when life gets ugly, you believe what the Bible says, He's created both the good and the bad. And you may not like Leah, you may be thinking that Leah was unfair and unexpectedly given to you, but like Jacob, if you are committed and faithful, to trusting God in your seasons of Leah. Something amazing can come out of this. And no one ever saw it at that moment. But through this arrangement, through this unfair circumstance, through this betrayal by his own father-in-law, God said, I'm going to use that to bring Christ. So God can take the very situations in your life that are causing you pain, that you do not want, that are just ugly right now, and use it in an extraordinary way. That's why when life is bad, you need to fall before God and say, Lord, I didn't want this, I didn't ask for it, but I trust you. So Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person here whose life has turned ugly, who thought they were getting Rachel, but got Leah instead. I pray for those that are obsessed with Rachel, that they're so caught up in what they want that they forget that you're a God that gives what we need. So Father, we may not understand it, but we, like Jacob, are committed to working and being faithful and loyal in both the good and the bad. Knowing that something good is coming out of it. And I want to pray for you personally today. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I have a Leah situation in my life right now. Would you just put that hand up and say, there's a situation I didn't ask for, I don't want, and I don't understand why God is doing it. God bless you. God bless you. 
I want to pray for you. Not that the situation end. Not that the situation vanish. But I want to pray that God will keep you strong through it. So that you will see His faithfulness. So Father, I pray for everyone here that's going through a real situation. Father, when life is beautiful like Rachel, it's so easy to work for you. It's so easy to come to church and work and serve when life is beautiful. But Father, I'm praying for those that are in church right now, still working, still believing, when it feels like life has just been unfair to them, ugly, like they've been tricked. pray you give us the faith and the courage we need, knowing that you work all things. So I pray for the double portion, the blessing that goes beyond what we ever imagined, to be something we know is worth waiting and fighting for. And keep us strong in this moment when life changes. I pray for everyone here today, Lord, who has a person in their life. In Jesus' name, Father, I pray for our brother Dennison in the back who has a brother named the cancer. He loves you. But life has turned on him. And now he's going through a Leah situation. And I pray in Jesus' name. Father, that you would heal his body. That you would use this for your glory. And Father, we thank you that through it all you remain faithful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God some praise today.